So one of the concepts that uh, uh, Preston, you and I were talking about um, that we thought would be really interesting fodder for just a ranging discussion um, is the difference between brand, what are, what your brand is, and what we think of as brand marketing. Um, because oftentimes that's the that's kind of the seed of power of brand. Um, and once a brand, once a business starts to confuse their brand with their brand marketing, that kind of leads to it taking a like pretty firm backseat in the business. And so what we want to talk through is like um, how we think about those two things, examples of those two things, ways to build brand that is not brand marketing. Um, and, um, and then like how to think about quote unquote brand marketing. Um, because it's a bit of a categorization of a lot of different activities um, that have some intent, but really it's about what are the results you're driving is kind of our perspective. So uh, to, to tee that up, um, maybe I'll kind of introduce um, the dichotomy there and Preston, you can respond. Um, okay. So, so uh, kind of um, as we've thought about this, um, there's, there's a massive difference between like capital B brand. What's the brand? Uh, what's your brand? What, is, what does your brand mean? Um, and brand marketing, which is often this, this, um, place that you, uh, intend to affect brand, but for brand, like for, for us, brand really means the memory structures built around your products, your content, your assets, um, basically every memory structure that a customer or a potential customer has towards your business. Um, and your goal, um, is to reinforce those memory structures with really positive experiences. So they have high affinity towards you and to, um, build those memory structures in a really strong way with specifically the needs that drive a customer to your business, um, such that when they think about those needs, um, they come straight to you and you're their first choice. You're their system one, um, uh, thought process for that. Um, and so in that sense, everything that we do reinforces our brand and affects that. It affects every single customer and every single customer has that memory structure or ideally they have that memory structure. Um, and your packaging does this, your product does this, your customer experience does this, everything that we're working on. And so like, as defined in that perspective, um, it's almost inarguable that that's like the most important thing for your business, right? <laughs> like, um, that's right. the basis for why people make great purchasing decisions, um, for you and, and, um, how you win long-term, um, that often gets confused with lowercase b brand marketing, um, which is one set of really difficult to measure tactics explicitly on the demand generation front that we call brand marketing, but are kind of grouped together almost because they're immeasurable. Um, because when we think about brand marketing versus direct responsibility, it's all what is the intended behavior you're driving? And why am I doing this? Um, and so when we think about brand marketing, it's actually a set of behaviors we're trying to drive. Not, uh, and there are, some, there are some activities that we think are maybe higher likelihood to drive these behaviors or lower likelihood. Um, but effectively what we're talking about is marketing to people who aren't um, currently in market to buy our product 
and and building helping those people build memory structures um, and helping those people have emotional touch points for a brand to build affinity for and build their system one thinking. Um, and so it's not it doesn't have to be this grouping of activities that are really difficult for you to measure. You can do a lot of really great brand work in your direct response marketing because even when you're marketing to people who Facebook or Google or whomever thinks are high likelihood to purchase, your click through rates on that are tiny. One percent, um, like in the most excellent of creative, maybe it's two percent. Um, so right. already ninety nine percent of those people aren't getting through to your site um, from that. Um, and then on site, you are in a trackable way. And then on site, your conversion rates are five percent, ten percent. So again, ninety five, ninety to ninety five percent of those users are not going to be purchasing. And typically, when you're coming from ads, your conversion rate is much lower. And so you're talking about. Um, these people, you're talking about basically 99.9% .9 of people to whom you're advertising, even in direct response, who are unlikely to take a purchasing action. What are the other behaviors you're driving from those folks? Um, and so when we think about like the right ratios of brand versus direct response, we think about it actually as a funnel of behaviors, right? And, and that's not like a novel concept, but it's a funnel of behaviors that happen in the kind of awareness generation sort of realm of people becoming aware of your business, showing that they're forming, they're starting to form memory structures all the way down in terms of like increasing levels of engagement to purchase. Um, so Preston, how do you think about that? Um, how have you thought about that in your past? Where did you get that wrong? Where did you get that right? Um, curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, that was an awesome, awesome intro. And where I got really excited or where it really lit up my brain was when you started talking about the misconception that affected us and and it seems like many others where brand building strengthening your brand necessarily means you have to become name your famous creative agency winning awards at can um example like here's to the crazy ones we apple ad sort of thing <laughs> exactly we went exactly every and, year, and uh, we were in business we we were there with Will Cheesebro, look him up, mullets, <laughs> throwing Nerf balls, mm. Nerf footballs and rollerblades, uh, getting standing O's. So the thing that is important about that point that you bring up is it leads, it can lead a team or a brand that feels like they don't have the capability of, or the finances, of creating content like that to just throw their hands up in the air and say, I can't build my brand. I don't, I don't have the capability to create brand advertising or brand marketing. And therefore I'm, it is what it is. I'm just going to double triple down on my direct response. And again, not to your point, and we'll talk about this. It's not wrong to be doing direct response and we'll be very clear about that. But it could get the reason this is an important conversation and to, to help tease out this misconception is that everyone can do this with your current team without having to whipsaw or knee jerk your priorities, your goals, your workflows. It's about behaviors. 
And so that that's the main thing. And, and we talk about capital B brand, lowercase b brand. But one of the other ways that we've been thinking about this is just like, stop talking about names of buckets and let's focus on the behaviors we're trying to drive. And it's a funnel of behaviors. So to the extent you can simply get to back out of the funnel of behaviors you want to create and get to the behaviors that can lead to that funnel of behaviors, who cares what you call it, right? You don't, we don't need to put these brand associations in our minds in terms of what something is or is not. We're simply here to drive this, this, this funnel of behaviors. And one of the other things that I thought was interesting about what you called out was the fact that this shows up in your business in, a, in, in metrics that you can track. It sh can show up in, in your Shopify dash or in Google Analytics or whatever. These, these behaviors manifest in trackable behaviors and actions. It's not this, and this is, I think, another misconception we're trying to call out. It's not only something you find when you spend $50,000 a year doing all these brand awareness surveys. This manifests in behaviors in, in the very short term, immediate term, the direct brand responses that, that we will talk more about. And then manifests in sort of like over a longer period of time, this steady increase in your resilient organic revenue base, which we have been talking about as sort of the manifestation of this healthy funnel of behaviors coming to be where you're driving a healthy, growing, compounding base of revenue where people, where you have a set, an increasing number of people who aren't having to be prompted by your rational convincing appeals on product offer urgency, they system one thinking, which is very effectively like lazy thinking, right? Habitual thinking, you could also potentially call it where they're in market for your product. They don't even go through a systematic process of rationalizing which stretchiness am I going to look at, which ingredient content. It's just, this is the brand. I'm going to get it. Okay, I'm going to get that job done. And then I move on with my life. And that's the manifestation in your business. And, and or that's the behavior, the human behavior. And then the manifestation in terms of metrics you could track is this increasing resilient baseline of organic own and organic revenue that normally or can sometimes be viewed as a black box again something that folks just kind of can throw their hands up and just say i i don't know what it is i don't know how to systematically drive it i don't know how to put a kpi together so that i can actually allocate resources and, and and have someone be responsible for driving this. I don't know how to operationalize this. And therefore, again, it's sort of like, okay, yeah, that would be nice to have. But to your point, it's not a nice to have, right? It is the thing that we must build. Uh, so I guess in, in summary, my couple of responses to the things that you were mentioning, the misconception, right? And the fact that we don't 
your, your organization doesn't have to turn into this amazing advertising brand advertising organization, nor do you have to have millions of dollars to just throw at an agency to create a Super Bowl ad. Um, number one, number two, all of this stuff can be tracked. This is all another one of the big macro points. I think we want to get out into the world is that everything is direct response. And what we mean by that is we do something, people respond. There are effectively two types of responses, people purchasing effectively right away, and then people changing their minds about the way that they think about you, which if done effectively translates into purchases, some in the short term, but most potentially in the long term. Um, and so then it's, it's these responses that I think we're trying to also be very clear about changing the minds of, of marketers like ourselves about, because that was, I think, a misconception we had. Uh, and then I think the third thing is just how this stuff can be tracked. You don't have to spend tons of money on surveys. We grew up and built our business, I think, on the back of what is traditionally considered direct response meaning evaluating the dollars we were spending largely upon how it drove purchases in the short term. And that doesn't necessarily have to be viewed as quote unquote bad. But I think part of what we're trying to talk a bit about is there are a set of direct responses that aren't necessarily short-term purchases that if we can get maniacal about focusing on those things and how it translates into this resilient base of organic owned and organic revenue, a lot of good can happen and not necessarily at hundred percent of your focus needs to go there, but this, this balance of focus. And then I think finally the, your, your macro point is this is the most important thing, but it's not necessarily strictly uh, dollars you spend on, on social. It can be, and that can be a component of it. It can be within that bucket. It can just be viewing your existing direct response conversion campaigns and ad sets slightly differently. Maybe not cutting budget on the thing that isn't showing the short, the as high a short-term row as, as this ad unit or this ad set. When we can start to view these things slightly differently, maybe layer an additional set of metrics or responses that we value that we think are that we know are important but it also can tie to everything that you're doing in your business these partnerships or these cool stunts that you do i saw something funny that dude wipes just kind of put out today for valentine's day which was pretty hilarious these kind of like poop themed I love you candies that you hand out in kindergarten, just really fun, interesting things. I don't think they're going to run a bunch of ads against that, but it's a really interesting idea or the, the album that liquid death put out that comprises all of the shit that people have said about them on social, really interesting ideas, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be just a set of ads that you're running, but again, like your packaging, how you, how you stuff that you're posting on organic, effectively everything you're doing top to bottom builds into this, but it is not this black box. It is a set of behaviors in the short term that then manifest in behaviors in the long term that then can be very clearly tracked. And then we can just 
commit to understanding it rather than just throwing our hands up and saying, hey, it's a black box. So those are a couple of the things that I really thought was interesting based upon what you were saying. But I mean, like, how have you thought about it? Or, or maybe what, what is some of your evolution of thinking been, or maybe as you've looked at other brands, what, what are some of the things that you're thinking that maybe if, Hey, they thought about this slightly differently, or maybe even as they think about going into 2024, how might they start to think about doing this in a way where it's not overwhelming, but where they can actually start to see material impact on their business? Yeah, I think, so I think like when we think about um, brand, um, capital B brand versus lowercase b brand, I think like the important call outs are um, everyone has a capital B brand, whether you like it or not. Um, you mm -hmm. have, and the degree to which you've got one that's really successful or not um, is dependent on um, how you have built memory structures with your customers in the past um, and potential customers. Um, and, um, and so I think like step one of like, okay, what do I do about this now that I'm hearing it is start to get your hands around capital B brand. And really like the way we think about it is it's like sets of behaviors. Um, and so the way we've traditionally thought about it is very much based on kind of our shopping flow, um, particularly in direct response or sorry, in direct consumer. Um, and so like, it's you know, how much traffic am I getting? How many out of carts? How many, how many product page views, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all really valuable. It's just a certain set of behaviors that are really high intent, really bottom of funnel. And so, um, we also need to think about all of those behaviors that are kind of awareness oriented, like all of your social behaviors, all of your search behaviors, all of your mentioning behaviors, all of your public commentary, things like that, just to start to get our hands around, okay, where are we showing up outside of just our website? Where are we showing up and how are people behaving towards us? Um, and just start to understand that, like starting to understand that um, is one of the most vital steps that a business can take in the kind of vein of um, uh, you start to optimize or you start to get what you measure, right? Like those, as you start to measure these things, you start to understand, okay, even anecdotally, when I did this, I saw this. When I did that, I saw this happen. Um, and so you can start to just do very basic testing um, to understand, okay, um, how do I promote or prompt things upper funnel? How do those upper funnel things start to make things easier on me down funnel? Um, and these are things that like anybody can do um, and start playing around with and testing. Um, and so I think like that, that is like probably the most important thing um, to start to get your hands wrapped around is all of these behaviors that are happening towards me, all of these actions people are taking towards my business and brand, um, at least starting to pay attention to those and starting to see, okay, when have I had big moments and have those big moments uh, correlated with good success for me um, in these brand, in these like kind of top of funnel brand behaviors. The second thing is, okay, now that I've got a good context of this, what do I do? Like, what can I do about that? Um, and I think this is where it's like, the way you build capital B brand is unique to you. Um, and I think I would harken back to what's your DNA and why did you start your company? Because you, it's not that everyone has to go out and buy TV ads. It's not that everybody has to go get billboards. It's not that everybody has to go hire a comedian or be liquid death and do crazy stunts right. and things like that, or Cards Against Humanity, or whoever the heck it is. 
it's what's authentic to you. Like if you think about like um, a really powerful brand these days, like a Lululemon started slow and didn't necessarily have any like groundbreaking creative, but what they focused on was excellent product, really understanding their customer base, building in a new category, connecting with their category. Um, and that now has powered like so many brands in this like kind of yoga wear space. Um, it's uh, ridiculous totally. to me. Um, but, uh, but that's just a completely different way. Like very oriented in the product and the customer base. Um, and, uh, and even like packaging, right? There, there are some brands that have stood out in packaging. Um, that have won because they're able to be called out as the X sort of brand. Um, pricing is a way to stand out as a brand, right? Like Rouse Homemade Pasta Sauce is like a combination of those two. It's like a recent brand success story where the way they built their brand was they had that kind of, a kind of cool esoteric restaurant experience in New York. Um, that sounds, that like sounds pretty cool. I haven't been there. <laughs> and then, um, supplemented that with being the high priced option in pasta sauces, having kind of good old fashioned, clean, authentic ingredients. Um, on the label and the packaging of that standing out and their price was high. Um, and so when they go, when a person's walking down the aisle and they're saying, okay, I want to take better care of my body, but I want to also cook at home, um, which has happened a lot over the last little bit, right? Like the pandemic promoted a lot right. of that. Rouse is this like incredible beneficiary of that, of like this, this kind of uh, authentic Italian experience at home um, because of those things. Um, and you can see it in their brand behaviors. You can see how they've blossomed in a lot of different ways on social and things like that. Um, and it's not that they did a bunch of stunts, right? It's what's authentic to you, what fits into your brand narrative, right. and are you measuring it in the right way? Because um, a lot of people can have ideas. What's critical is let's go try that idea that resonates and that fits into our experience. And let's look at what our, how our KPIs respond to that. Um, and so thus like measurement becomes this kind of critical factor and then an understanding of who you are and what you want to do about it, um, becomes critical. I think one of the other like most important factors of growing capital B brand it, to a lot of businesses is people just talking about it, people seeing what you're wearing mm -hmm. and asking about it and things like that. And so product experience, like incredible product experiences are fantastic brand generators. Right. And like, it's funny because, um, you you um you often kind of mistake um things that are driving revenue um as not being able to contribute to brand or as distinct from brand but no like th those things can compound mm -hmm. each other um and create word of mouth and create distribution and things like that so i think it's like starting to iterate through what is kind of most authentically in your dna to do quickly and actionably not like giving yourself these lofty targets of, all right, I need to hire a comedian right. and be the funniest person on earth. But instead mm -hmm. saying, what's, what's authentic to us? What can we do? And how can we show that to our customers? How can we display that to our customers? And sometimes that could be your design. That could be like graphic design work that you do. Um, it could be um, copywriting and creative um, that you're able to put out. It doesn't always have to be funny. It can be um, authentic. It can be uh, aspirational. Um, Patagonia puts out a lot of really cool content that's like really aspirational, not necessarily super funny, but you can kind of envision this like amazing journey, this this um, adventure, this that that kind of the hero of the of the narrative piece is on. Um, and so there's a lot of different ways to be authentic to yourself, but I think the important piece is 
start to try and show that to customers in different ways, take some shots, experiment, um, try new things to see what affects different aspects of it. Um, I think the last piece that I'll say on this is like direct response marketing. Um, we need to start thinking of it more as like paying to show up on Amazon, paying to show up on Nordstrom.com, paying to show up. Like basically when you're, when you're advertising bottom of funnel, you're starting to market to people who are currently shopping among your category, right? So like uh, Chubby's, that was shorts. Um, and what we found is in direct response advertising, the best ads for us were ads that just featured the shorts, <laughs> like told about features on the shorts and price was always a good thing to, to talk about in there from if you were explicitly measuring on direct response uh, behaviors um, of shopping behaviors out of those. Um, and that makes a ton of sense because when you think about someone who's shopping, the common experience they have is they're just looking at a bunch of products next to each other. And that's effectively what Facebook replicates and Google replicate, yet we just don't think of it like that. We're not thinking of, okay, I'm paying to show up on Nordstrom.com or Amazon or whatever. Um, you think of it as advertising. Oh, I'm built, you know, this is building. But is it right? Like, are you just presenting your product on a page with all sorts of other products for a person who's interested in your category and thus you're presenting with them with the same sort of merchandising question as you would present on if you were just showing up on a listing page of all the shorts on the internet, right? Um, and I don't think that's how we think of our ads, um, but that's how they manifest, right? And, and thus the things that you do to win are very similar to those things that you do to win that sort of web merchandising experience. It's like that moment when they're on the shopping page of Amazon is not the moment to be like, hang tight, let's talk about our brand for a second. And let's go check out social. Let's start to do some, some off shopping page behaviors. And that's why the creative that works is the creative that shows the product, it shows the price, because how could they make mm -hmm. a purchasing decision without that information? But that's not the stuff that builds brand. And so there's nuance that starts to get tied in when you start to think about this broader set of behaviors of, okay, am I willing to give up a little bit on this shopping experience to actually promote a bit more of these behaviors that are happening that build um, system one thinking that cause people to not come back to the shopping page of the internet of Facebook and Google and what have you, um, but come straight to me because that's really what I'd love to have happen digitally. But even more so when you're off the internet, when you're going to shop in person and things like that, things that resonate, the things that last aren't the DR ads that they're seeing. It's what are the brands that I remember? What brands do I have system one? And those are the places I'm going to flock to in store, in person, things like that. And so I think starting to think about direct response more as like very similar to just Amazon listings and like showing up on a shopping page um, helps mm -hmm. you in advertising that way, but also helps you think about if that's all I'm doing, well, then I'm, I'm always competing at the product level. Like how many times do you go on a Nordstrom or an Amazon and buy something from a brand? You have no idea what they do. You have no right. idea who they are. You have the product in your closet or in a cabinet. You don't know what the brand is. You just know that it was the cheapest thing that solved the problem. <laughs> you know, like that, right. that is a very common thing is you buy something you have no idea that's from. Like, I can't tell you how many items I have in this house that I just have no idea what the brand is. Um, and I made a product value prop. Um, as I don't know if you can to... see this, but <laughs> these headphones, Suvilek were on Amazon. So they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They were the lag. cheapest. That's what you're competing against, right? Like, yeah, they were they the cheapest headphones. And if they can be the cheapest, 4.3 like, rating. 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like that's very straightforward. You don't have to know the brand at all. Um, but why would you ever pay up for something? Like, why would you ever commit to a, a brand, right? Like you have to have these memory structures. You have to have these assurances of what this brand's going to offer you. You have to have confidence that when you order it, it's going to be the thing that you're hoping for. You have to remember it. Like one of the interesting tests that I think they talk about in um, how brands grow is like, how many people remember the brand of the item they just purchased? <laughs> like what's right. the brand of your TV? What's the brand of your uh, monitor? What's the brand of your headphones? Because if you don't know that, you're never going to be able to tell anybody about that. Um, and right. you only want on a product. Uh, and, and the reason you won is likely because you have this combination of things that are effectively margin destroyers, right? You have the combination of low price and great features and benefits, which like is awesome and you have to invest in those things, but they cost money. And so how do you deliver, like, why, why are people paying thousands of dollars for a Chanel bag? Now, like maybe I'm, I'm out of the latest of like purse, uh, purse fashion or purse brands, but like, why are they paying thousands of dollars for certain brands where like, you know, the material and the raw material makeup is available for, you know, 10% the price in a lot of different places. It's because of brand. It's because of right. what that says. It's because of your memory structures towards it, um, how it makes you feel. Um, and those are all really important things. Um, so anyway, I'd say, I, I'd say like to, to sum up, it's understand what your bottom of funnel um, is. It's the shopping page of the internet. And thus, if you think about that, you know you have to do more than just put your product on the shopping page of the internet. And if all you're doing is paying for higher placement, cutting price to get more clicks, you're going to lose. You're not going to be profitable over time. That can work for a short amount of time, particularly if you're in a novel category and you've had a breakthrough on pricing and things like that. That can work for a short amount of time. But long term, it's always going to be a zero-sum game because people can replicate that. They can do it faster. They can do it cheaper. What's really hard to do is build that connection, build a brand that enters into system one thinking. Right. A couple of things that, that I really resonate with, the three things. One... Don't worry about what other people are doing. Look inward at who you are, who your brand is, why you started, most importantly, why you started the brand in the first place. I was having a conversation with a CMO at a brand and they said they've been around for almost 10 years now. One of the things they just started doing was in their intro email and across a variety of touch points, just putting the actual uh, picture of the founder uh, in a way where it represented the actual problem they were trying to solve. It was like a clothing thing. And it, it was a perfect example of this is, he experienced the problem firsthand and therefore the company was started to solve that problem. And it wasn't a professional photo. It was maybe taken with an iPhone, but it resonates like crazy. And, and that's why, they exist and they started just putting this out there and they're already seeing amazing response, amazing feedback, um, shares, right? All of these sorts of things, people starting to talk about it. So number one, authenticity to who you are in a great way to do like the so what or what can I do about that is why did you start this company in the first place? To yeah, just to, to add to that, like, I think one of the cool things is... Um... 
is when you founded the business, in a lot of cases, and I don't know if this is always the case because maybe there are some, you know, incredible kind of masked chameleons out there. But like, for the most part, when you're starting one of these businesses, you're starting out of a problem that you have, and you are your target customer. And thus, like you actually have a great roadmap for what's going to resonate, resonate with your target customer. And once you start to get into this worlds of shoulds, and this is how other people do it and whatever, you start to not, you start to get away from the reason why you did this in the first place. And with an understanding of that, you're your target customer. You love this and you think it's awesome. And if you saw another brand doing this, you would have been like, where was this, you know, five years ago or whatever. Like, that's a great place to start. Totally. This does not have to be. No, there's a perfect point. This does not have to be hard. This does not have to be outside of your capabilities. Quite the opposite, actually. This is uniquely in your capabilities. You are the only person who can do the thing that works best for you because your brand is unique. So there's a little bit of, hmm, okay, I can be forward leaning here. I don't have to be on my heels scared. I can't do this. It is the thing that makes the most sense. That is the outpouring of who you are and why you exist. Two is packaging. Great point you made. You talked about Lululemon. I mean, those bags were iconic, right? And they weren't bags for bag sake. They fit into the use case, right? You'd, you'd put your your yoga mat, your whatever, like it it supported the lifestyle. And in so doing, it put this logo out there, this print, this box print, if you will, that that maybe Chubby's was a little bit inspired by, right? But it was very, it became iconic and it it immediately spread the word, but it was very authentic to the brand, what they were trying to do as, as an example. And then one of the things you mentioned on price that I thought was really interesting after learning a little bit more about Red Bull, the... All it was effectively was carbonating a solution that already existed in another country and making it a much smaller uh, can. I guess all of these things are actually pretty big deals, but making the price materially higher than everything else that was out there in establishing. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, Red Bull was like the first skinny tall can, you know? <laughs> now yeah, tons which of- is crazy. But they were the which first so one crazy. when they came out, it was very unique. Right. And and the cost per fluid ounce, if you will, if you ever got into that rational calculation, did not make sense. Right. That that was it was basically like slapping you in the face if you're even making a rational calculation like that, because it just it doesn't compute, which is which is kind of interesting on the pricing front um, where maybe there's some room for, for thoughtfulness there. Maybe to close us out, Tom, one of the things that you were talking about that I think is really interesting that might resonate for the people listening is. You talked a lot about why Capital B Brand is important, why it's crucial, why it's not a nice to have, but it's actually the most important thing. You also started to talk about profitability, margin, margin destruction, things like that. But but maybe drive the point home in terms of, hey, this is this is why you do it as it relates to maybe the impact on your PL or the impact yeah. on your ability to generate cash or, or one of those things that, that actually makes it just so obvious to the listeners. Okay. In 2024, if I want to do this, this is actually going to tangibly help me achieve my goals, my, help me yeah. do this thing. Yeah. I think that's a great call out. I think before I kind of get to that, I think one of the other things that I um, think about a lot is like the disservice, frankly, that, 
is done to brands by having your products so accessible um, mm. and enabling direct response in such a profound way. Because what you can start to do is you can start to do things that, you know, effectively cause this Pavlovian response of like, I run a sale, I see revenue spike, I see an explosion. I uh, right. I get that promotional offer into my ads. I see that ad really work awesomely. Um, and it's all of these. I, I run Facebook ads for the first time and start competing at bottom of funnel. Right. I see a little bit of cash coming. I see a little bit of revenue coming. Awesome. I see ROAS numbers that I'm like, whoa, that's incredible ROAS. If this scales to the perpetuity of my business, I would be like a gajillionaire. Um, right. And... I think one of the things um, that's really interesting about the way that businesses like a Lululemon and even a Viore, if you look at their story, is they were built kind of the old fashioned way. They were built through wholesale. They were built through um, uh, stores and things like that. Um, and those just aren't as uh, responsive. Uh, they don't cause these right. massive bursts, um, particularly on behalf of the brand where the brand does something and then all of a sudden they explode <laughs> in whatever their wholesale right. provider is. Um, that is something that nearly never happens when that wholesale provider has their big, like Nordstrom, whatever anniversary sale. Yeah. You'll see an explosion in sales, but that's, that's the, that's the bottom of funnel retailer doing that, not the brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and you actually get some distance from needing to do any of that stuff, uh, which is incredible, um, and preserves brand. And so one of the things, um, that, um, that I think is really interesting about the brands that have lasted so far and been profitable so far is they kind of avoided getting on to this Pavlovian sale sort of DR, chuck a bunch of money into Facebook and whatever else, um, and kind of went about it the old fashioned way. And like, again, like Viore, awesome company, awesome business, but it's not like you've seen really explosive content coming out of them, really viral content and things like that. They've got a mm -hmm. great energy, great vibe. They're available in a lot of different places. Um, and they've maintained kind of a pristine elevated brand in a great category. Um, yeah, that, that kind of scratches a very unique itch in that category. And that's incredible. Uh, but it's not right. like it's their liquid death. It's not like they've been, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of wildly visceral on social. Um, um, so I think that's like a really important point. And it ties back to this financial piece of like, okay, like if all that's true, like how should we think about our digital businesses in a new, fresh way? Um, and so we've thought about that in a, like a lot of different ways in our time at Chubby's. Um, and had a lot of different takes and a lot of kind of different lenses we'd look at the problem. One that we've talked about a lot is like how much business is coming through your owned channels. Um, and so mm -hmm. channels you're not paying for. Um, and that's a great one. Um, but it still has problems, right? Um, so one of those channels is email. Mm -hmm. Email is really reactive, a very reactive um, channel. And oftentimes when you're looking at really spiky revenue flows, email is the main culprit. Because when you've got a sale, those are the people who really want to see it. <laughs> and, um, right. and so that's one lens. Another kind of filter to apply to it is look at the low points of your business. Look at the local minimums mm -hmm. and string those together. And what's your business look like? And then take a look at the local maximums, um, the spikes, the top points. Um, and what's the gap between those? Um, because what we really want to build is this resilient, really low end of our revenue base. Like we really want to build those minimums to be higher. 
because those minimums represent how our brand behaves when we're not pressing, when we're not selling, when we're not jamming you know, tons of money into the DR feeder or running a 30% off, 50% off sale, whatever, what have you. And that revenue flow much more closely resembles um, the revenue flows that you'll start to see um, out in wholesale at retail. Um, it's almost right. like distancing yourself from uh, thinking of yourself as two parties, right? On one hand, you're the brand. Um, and on the other hand, you're the retailer. And the retailer, yeah, you got to get your nuggets every once in a while. Um, but you're not jamming sales every week because yep. one, you destroy your brands. Um, and so Nordstrom has their anniversary sale, right? And they'll, they'll mark down product to get through it. But like, that's the big right. moment that they have. Um, and brands feel comfortable with that because they're not going into a markdown retailer. Um, and so almost yep. distancing yourself from that is really powerful. And so as a brand, you're looking at maybe those low points um, and the retailers may be mm -hmm. thinking about, okay, how do I optimize on kind of variability and things like that? Um, and, and, yep. and kind of take a step back. Like if that's the way you start to think about your business, well, that's the most resilient base of revenue you can find, right? It's that revenue that right. doesn't go away when you turn off a sale or when you turn off your direct response. Um, and that's the base, that's the more kind of almost like subscription esque sort of revenue base mm -hmm. that you want to be building. And even though it might be a little bit harder to figure out how to build that really resilient revenue base, Boy, is it worth it because it lasts so much longer than that sale you were just running or than those DR ads that popped because you had the right offer or you had the right features this week. Um, and so figuring out how to level that up is like, again, like what we deem is the most important thing that you can do. And actually reducing variability in your business mm -hmm. is really powerful uh, because it's a lot more predictable. It fades away at a much slower rate. Um, and that's awesome. It gives you more time yep. to kind of build. Beautiful. Beautiful. And with that, what do you think? We will you sum it up. Dude, I gotta bounce. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go, man. <laughs> All right, cool. You and you said it perfectly. And you said it perfectly. I, I have like Charlie Munger says, I have nothing to add. But that was perfect. Sweet. All right. Uh, bye, we'll dude. continue this next week. All right. Adios. Sending love to the listeners. Hope this was helpful. Adios.